0: It's late summer 2015 while the sporting focus is on Croke Park and the last Sunday in September I'm on a GAA pitch in the Midlands with a man who hasn't kicked a football in a long time
1: When was the last time you kicked a ball? Oh, 15,
2: 20 years
0: 15 years old roughly about here is where I was have you ever wondered what it must be like to score the winning goal in an All-Ireland final?
2: As I look in, the goals are to my right, and about 28 yards out, I'm told that's what it was.
0: It's a dream moment for any athlete.
2: And the ball came in like that, I was like that, the ball was coming in like that. Right?
0: I'm with a man who did just that.
2: lads were all circling in around that way. So I got the ball on it turned, and I caught it and uh, hit it with my left foot.
0: and. Went for
3: the far corner tonight. Seamus Derby
4: has
0: got it.
2: He's got the goal. A goal. A goal.
0: His was a very special goal. It turned the GAA world on its head.
3: Seamus Derby got the
5: goal for Aopley.
0: It was a goal that made champions.
5: There are Awfully spectators and young children all over the field in one corner.
0: Seamus Darby scored the winning goal in the 1982 All-Ireland Final, which put an end to Kerry's attempt to win a historic five in a row. Over the last 33 years, Seamus has rarely given interviews, but now he's ready to tell his story. Not just of his All-Ireland glory, but how that one kick and one goal impacted on the rest of his life. For the people of Kerry, that goal lingers long in the memory.
3: What do you think of when, when you hear the name Seamus Darby? I was Bob Crock Park when I came home crying.
6: <laughs> <laughs> Felt letting me in <laughs> I think of standing inside in the canal end in the pouring rain and losing five in a row.
1: Kerry winning it for the fifth time. Oh yes, 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 yes. yes.
6: <laughs> and we were all hacked up this. There were five
1: in a row. And, and, and when he put it into the net, the back in the net, we were absolutely st- astounded. What do you think of when you hear the name Seamus Darby? <laughs> yes, he was our nemesis, wasn't he? He um, he disappointed a lot of Kerry fans, that's uh, all I can say. He he cheered the Offaly fans.
0: Hi. How are you? I've been there. Uh, looking for the man himself. Is he about? These days, Seamus lives in Tumivara in Tipperary, where he owns a bar.
2: I'm here 30 years, known as the Greyhound. My own name is over the door as well, as you can see. So I didn't intend to be here as long as that, but I am. <laughs> you know.
0: His journey to all-Ireland glory began across the county bounds in Offaly. He was born in road in
2: 1951. I was the eldest of eight kids, no matter if I had eight. And uh, I suppose I, I was always very, very interested in football, but I suppose the first time I played a match was under 14. Uh, was, I, can t- I can tell you it was against Dangan in Dangan. And uh, I suppose all along, all through my life, my, my ambition was to play for road and to play for off if I was good enough. And um, in time, I suppose, both of them came around and uh, I got my chance.
0: For many people in rural Ireland back then, life wasn't easy.
2: I went to school and I enjoyed it and all that. I went working and stuff. I suppose that time things were harder. I was the eldest of eight, and with uh, a big family and poor, people, poor family, and uh, my mother and father would have struggled. Small, with no land, a bit of a garden, and we brought her on potatoes and cut her on turf. And I would have worked with farmers. And the time I was about nine or ten, every summer on my summer holidays and you know, tinning and beet and bringing in hay and saving hay and turf and all that stuff I was been the eldest was I, I wouldn't have um, I, I kind of needed to do a bit of work and get money coming in you know. I dreamed about wearing the awfully jersey and my father would, be in a, would have been a very big awfully man and big you know he rode bikes and my grandfather Lord a version where he would have they would have rode bikes to Leash to see awfully playing and in Carlow and place like that. And I, I, my mother actually I had to crave her to buy me a pair of football boots, which she, my first pair of football boots, which she did. They were a pair of black torn boots, and they were hanging in a hardware shop in dairy in holes, hanging out of the ceiling. And there was only about two pair, and this was the only one that was nearly near my feet as was. So she got them, of course, on the never never less where people lived at that time, and um, that was my first pair of football boots.
0: One man who helped Seamus realise his dreams was one of those unsung heroes of the GAA, the local club secretary.
2: I would have been playing with Roald from a very young age, a man called Tom Ward, which was secretary of the club, which he ran the show and he was brilliant and he never took a drink around and he just lived for road football. and He'd, he'd have a mini that I, I can still see, it, a blue mini EIR113, and he could have 10 in the car, you know, beyond be its. Yeah, and it's on the road, It'd be on the road, you know, and there'd be jerseys and he'd, uh, you know, just, he just was a great clubman. you know. He would have been very good to me and very good to all of us because he would bring you anywhere and he'd drive you and he'd come down and collect you, and, you know, and uh, say for my time, I was about 14 or 15, and I was playing senior with road in tournaments and leagues when they'd be stuck, you know, there'd be lads couldn't go and they'd be down for me. And he just cause grief with daddy because we'd be always doing something in the evening, you know, daddy'd have plenty of work lined up for us. And, Tom would appear and then it wouldn't be, you know, so I'd get away mostly. I'd, nearly, I'd get away, all right, he'd let me go, but under protest, if you know what I mean. You know. What would he say to you? Oh, he'd, he'd, he'd be grunting and giving out and calling Tom Ward Everton for when he'd see him appearing with the
0: car, you know. 1982 wasn't the first time Seamus Darby had been to Croke Park. He was part of the all-Ireland winning Offaly teams of the 1970s. Seamus is showing me his collection of medals 82 Laying them out one by one 71, 72 He's proud of his achievements This is a junior Leinster medal Under 21 Leinster medal And
2: four Leinster senior medals
0: No small tally for a player who didn't come from one of the big teams.
2: Which one makes you the most proud? I'm proud of them all, really. I suppose 71, 72 I suppose, really, my first 82. Actually, they've all all certain memories, you know. They all have a a place
0: in their heart, if you know what I mean. Whatever about his own memories, in the minds of most people, it's the dream goal that Seamus is best remembered for. It wasn't a real surprise that a small county like Offaly made it to the 82 final. They had tasted success in both hurling and football over the previous 10 years.
4: You've got to remember that in the 70s, uh, two teams stood apart like Kerry and Dublin really. In a way, they were miles ahead in most counties.
0: Richie Connor captained Offaly in the final of 82.
4: There's a lot of have given out now at the minute about um, that uh, the All-Ireland series is down to just a handful of teams. But it was even worse that time. Like there, I, I remember going to semi-finals, All-Ireland semi-finals in the mid-70s, and uh, there was no hope nearly for one of the teams. You know, Kerry were just going to win or Dublin were just going to win, and everybody knew it. And uh, there were even small crowds at some of those semi-finals for that reason. And um, so... When we were won a Leinster uh, if we could beat Dublin well that just opened up the floodgates in our own mindset
0: In the build up to that final while Offaly were the underdogs they didn't underestimate themselves We had
4: to feel that we could take them obviously it wouldn't have happened you know there, there, there was a strong belief in the team but there was huge respect for Kerry but there was a nice confidence in Offaly that
2: we felt we could win like, See what most people don't realise Offaly were in the final year before Kerry beat the year before and the year before that again Kerry beat him in dollar semi-final 4.15
0: to 4.10 Seamus wasn't sure if he'd have any part to play on the pitch that day he would start the game on the subs bench so all eyes were on other players with the focus firmly on Kerry who were attempting to make history by winning five All-Irelands in a row a feat that to this day has not been achieved
3: I was extremely confident because every All-Ireland I'd played in up to then i had won so I hadn't experienced the defeat yet. I thought it was going to go on forever. Owen oh, the Bomber Liston played in the forward line for the Kingdom. Um, there was a good confidence in the team. We had In 1981 we had gone on a world trip to Hawaii, San Francisco, all around the world and um, really united the team and there was a great bond. Going into that All-Island Final there was a lot of pressure, a lot of people talking about the five and a row, five they're all five and a Mick O'Dwyer never mentioned it, would always have tried to just treat it as just another game, And um, but it was in the back of our heads, I've no doubt about it, and that extra pressure did tell, I think, a bit on the day.
7: Outside of Offaly, like, nobody gave us a chance because this was the greatest team of, of all time and the records have shown that. I don't think anybody has queried it now.
0: That's Eugene McGee, the Offaly team manager.
7: Outside of it, it's only a matter of, you know, How how much would carry win by? And you know, there was no. Offaly didn't come into the public reckoning at all. They they hardly ever came in. They got very little publicity in the papers or anything that. And uh, they just—they were the ones that were going to be there to to create history. That was the the outsiders' perception of Offaly.
0: Seamus remembers the excitement that swept over Offaly in September of '82. People were generally just
2: on a serious high, you know. Buntings and music and, um, and everybody, of course, was going to Crop Park, you know. It was just a fantastic time in the county, you know.
0: The Kerry team was full of big names, from John Egan to Paddy O'Shea, the Spillands and, of course, Owen the Bomber Liston. But Seamus and his awfully teammates were not phased by the occasion. No, we were very confident.
2: Genuinely very confident. I'm not saying that now because it's all over and done with But we were very confident. I mean we had a meeting the night before in, in Tullamore and I'll tell you if there was a if there was a football introduced in the dressing room there'd be someone killed. Because lads were absolutely wound to the last and it was just it was very tense. Eugene McGee um, went down through the team and went down through our team and he he was absolutely spot on in everything he said, but he really finished up in a seriously high note.
7: It was only a question that night. We were Instilling confidence for the last time in the players, you know, that go home happy, that they wouldn't go home turning in the bed wondering, oh, jeez, will this work out, will it not work out? You know, they would actually have the self-belief.
2: Lads, lads walked over and they were on, including myself on, on air, you know, high as a kite, you know.
0: For all players, the night before a big game can be particularly unnerving.
2: I wasn't really nervous, I was wound up. Um... I was living in Eaton Derry, as I told you. We had a shop at the time in Eaton Derry and my wife was pregnant. And I came home from the meeting and I would be a guy that would be used to having a couple of pints. I always kind of um, tried to keep it, you know, as near to, you know, normal life as you can because if you start going to bed at 7 o'clock in the evening or anything like that, that's, you know, if you're not used to doing it, it's you have to keep your life as near to so I was living next door to Paddy McCormick's pub in Derry and I naturally enough couldn't go in there. I didn't want to dr- really, I didn't want to drink, but I just needed something to cool me down or calm me down. So I rang my brother-in-law, which lived at the other end of the town, Kevin Farrell, Lord of Mercy dead and gone. And I just said to him, have you ended up there to drink? And he said, I have. I have a bottle of brandy. And he said, I've nothing to put in it. And I said, right, I'll get something to put in it and we'll have one. Right, he said, so we went up. Myself and my wife at the time. And we had a couple of brandies. And uh, I came home and slept like a baby. Got up the next morning, off to the train
0: and to the match. Team Spirit was strong in the tight-knit group. The youngest player for Offaly that day was Porrick Dunn.
6: Yeah, there, was a good, there was a good feeling around, you know. There was, there was very good leaders who would have made sure that everyone was okay. You know, the Sean Lowry's and the Richard Connors and the Martin Furlong's. And these lads uh, probably took it on themselves to make sure that, you know, nerves wasn't going to come into that, you know, this was you know, a job to be done. You know, we were doing the job from the time we got up in the morning, not just going on to Croke Park, you know. So, I remember, um, Eugene McGee I said to Sean Foran who just he was a selector he just died there uh, recently Sean was a great man Eugene sent him over to me actually because I was the youngest on the team to see was I alright was I nervous you know but I was always messing so I said to, to, to Sean yeah I says, I'm nervous I says, it's my first time on the train I said to him, so.
0: it's a measure of how times have changed the All-Ireland finalist took a stroll around Dublin on the morning of the game
2: but we went I remember going for a walk um, around um, was green there in the, in Fitzwilliam Square? We went all went well. We were blazers and that on us, and you, you know we were a team, you know. Uh, and uh, it was I never forget. It was a Tyrone couple, another the couple sitting on the on the bench. It was lovely, fine small. This man he hopped up anyway, and um, he asked us what were we a team? And I think Shawnee Lowry said, "Yeah, we're we're awfully we're playing on the in the All around final." Um, so he said, uh, "Look at." He said, remember one thing, there's 31 counties behind you. So I said, get out and do the business.
0: As if they didn't need reminding, there was no doubting Offaly's status as the underdogs on the day of the match.
5: And it's five in the row, five in the row. It's hard to believe we've got five in the row. They came from the north, southeast east and the west. But to Mickle's machine, they are all second best.
4: We had to go in through the crowd uh, on the Hogan stand side of Cote Park. The music was blaring the five in a row, five in a row. Who would believe would have been five in a row? There were people selling five in a row scarves, five in a row. And uh, I just happened to come face to face with this woman. So then, and she says, buy a scarf, son. You know, on the five in a row, she was trying to sell me a five in a row scarf. And not yet, anyway. <laughs> and it's five
5: in a row, five in the row. It's hard to believe we've got five... Well, in a way,
4: all that was uh, motivational. You know, it was motivational. Uh, uh, the fact that the papers were making, Kerry, so much favourites, was all a help. And we would have seen it as a huge help, and delighted that that was the case.
0: After weeks of build-up and huge expectation... The 1982 All-Ireland Football Final was not a classic. The
5: game is on!
2: Thomas Conner, the first to get it for Offlay, this is Paulick done for Offlay.
0: It John rained, Sheamus was on the subs bench, and the first half was a torrid affair. It wasn't until two minutes to go that the manager, Eugene McGee, made a decision that would turn the game.
7: It's, it's a famous substitution to that, but I mean, the reason they went for that would be just... The selectors were 2 each, 2 far, and 2 for the other guy.
2: About three minutes left in the game.
7: So there wasn't much time for thinking, so I said it's Derby because I I just had a big idea. I'd seen him a few times scoring those goals. I said, look, he's the most likely to get a goal.
1: Kerry 17, Offrey 15,
2: just under three minutes left in the game. Two times to claim them. Is there still a goal left in the game?
3: There was a free given for some reason, and that I had the ball. And I remember just throwing the ball back under my legs and uh, trying to delay a bit of time There is a free for the Offaly
2: men with two minutes left in the game Kerry leading by
4: two points De uh rolled the ball back under his legs to waste a bit of time and the referee brought up the, the free a little bit Paphis Gerald took the free, he actually kicked a short free to me I was I was coming towards him about 20 yards away and he gave a short free to me I offloaded to Liam. Here
2: they come. This is Liam Connor, the fullback.
6: I saw Liam Connor, full back coming up. And he just swung in this ball, you know, and it just seemed to be hanging in there forever.
2: A the high lapping dropping ball!
6: That's the shameless guy. I was caught behind Tommy though, and
2: Tommy's six foot three like in him, five foot nothing. So I knew that if I this man catches the ball over my head the him, hounds won't really blog him off him. My big thing was that I could catch the ball. Which was unclean, I had to get it. I couldn't let it fumble or go on the ground because he did was any, all he did was pitch it on your hand and it was gone, you know. So I caught the ball and I just turned the it. way. I, well, I knew what I was going to do with the line. In
1: towards the side, shot!
0: So that was it, the goal that made champions. It was his only touch of the ball, but what a touch it was. The most famous goal in GAA history.
5: The man marking him that day was Tommy Doyle. We tried ferociously hard even to try and get a draw, but it just wasn't the end of the day. And
0: do you just remember when Derby got the goal, what was it like?
5: I wish the ground opened up. <laughs> no, look, I remember when Seamus took the goal. If there was ever a roar, I will never forget it was that one. We were talking about roars of the crowd when you go on the park. Well, that was some roar fairness. Now, it did rattle us or shocked us. Um, I think we were all in a state of shock, myself included.
0: Although fierce adversaries on the pitch... Like many GAA rivals, Seamus and Tommy would go on to become good friends. At the end of the game, as Croke Park erupted in celebration, Seamus' thoughts were elsewhere.
2: When the final whistle went, the people I thought of was um, people like Tom Ward that I told you about earlier on, and the mother and the father, and you know, family and friends and people that I was lucky enough to represent people that awfully and generally a kind of mission accomplished if you don't know I'm Very proud uh, Absolutely Very proud yeah. It
0: was great for me just to have of the whistle rules and what happened then?
2: I was sure half off got in on the field. and the pulling away and dragging away and wanted to touch you and, Yeah, everyone mean and very well and, want to just be part of a very important day and, like we haven't won another since and we're not maybe looking very good either and um, you know for a lot of these people it's probably the only one they'll see and want you know, be part of a historic day you know, which was a historic day because Kerry had to win it they would have got five in a row which no one has ever done since or before and uh, we were kind of remembered as the team that stopped them so
0: it just became historic both ways Kerry fans were shocked
3: I started crying I started crying because all my friends had left Croke Park before the game was over thinking that we had five in a row
0: For Offaly fans, it was a dream come true
6: I was sitting
4: in front of the Hogan stand with Mrs Furlong, Martin's mother and the other son, Tom Furlong was home from America at the match and it was spilling rain but the goal went in he took off the shirt, took it off, rolled it up in the ball and threw it as far as he could back up to the stand. And what he didn't realise was that it was $50 in the pocket. Anyway, he, he never found his shirt after.
0: <laughs> in the aftermath of the game, Seamus found himself suddenly thrust into the limelight with the great Mick Dunne.
5: And the score of that most crucial goal of 1982 is right here beside us. Seamus, what a magnificent year it's been.
2: Yeah, it, has, uh, <coughs> it has been a great year for me, the best year I've ever had. Actually. Um,
5: what, what about the goal? When the ball was coming in
4: from Liam Connor, did you anticipate you were going to get it first of all?
2: Well, um, I kind of thought I might be a bit a bit out too far under it, you know. And I, I moved in behind. And lucky enough, Tommy Dial just let it slip over his hand, and I caught him. At, at that stage, I, I had my mind made up. If I got the ball, I was having to go for a goal. And, lucky enough, I go
5: and go for a goal, you did.
2: Uh, I did, lucky enough, yeah. No more delayed when I saw hit the net than me, I can tell you.
1: Were you very anxious sitting on the sideline there?
2: I, I was. I was nearly desperate, actually. I, it's harder sitting on the line, you know. And uh, I went in, I think, with about ten minutes to go, and there were four pints down, if I can remember. And I, I had my mind fully bent, that if I got a chance, I was going for a goal. And thanks for to God, it just turned over. Um, as I said, it's been the best year I've ever had, and uh, uh, words just leave me. I,
0: it's a story Seamus would tell many times in the years ahead. Not only did the goal affect the people of Kerry and Offaly, but the scoring of that goal has had a lasting influence on Seamus. One of the features of an All-Ireland win is the celebrations, and the Offaly team of 82 was no different.
2: Ah, uh, Look, the celebrations was unbelievable, sure it is. We went mad, really. You know, it was... He, the coal county was gone mad because, as I said, it was a fantastic era in Offleaf with hurling and football. And, you know, uh, I suppose that time people were fairly. Did, there was, money wasn't as big a problem as it is today. And, that, and um, generally people just really just let themselves go and enjoyed it.
0: The team were late joining supporters for the celebrations on the night of the match.
4: The Ambassador Hotel, which was outside Nase, that's where the post match function was. And uh, when we got down there, the place was absolutely, you've got to imagine the office supporters were off there, you know, in, uh, they were in waffle form. So the place was absolute. we were all sober as, you know, not, a, uh, not uh, no drink taken, no nothing, and we're going in as a team to an absolute cattle mart of people that were drunk and in waffle form and were being heisted and thrown around the place. And then when we did get a chance to settle down, there was no draft beer; it all had been drank. So uh, there was only large bottles of the less common types of drink, like large bottles of harp and things like this. That the, the large bottles of Guinness were all gone. And it was crazy, absolute
2: crazy. I oh, know I really enjoyed it. I drank plenty and friends, and went here and there and everywhere, and I. Drank plenty of brandy and i could like get my hands in. Uh, well, uh, you know, you, you you can you can understand in my situation. I'd been out six years, never thinking this is ever going to happen to me again. When it happened to me in the seventies, I was only a young lad and people wouldn't have recognised me. Number one, and I wasn't part of the big. You know, people wanted to see Tony McTeague and Paddy McCormack and Willie Bryan and all the household names. And now suddenly, this is it's all different for me. I'm I'm one of the ones that's. You know, been uh, hanging around, and so I enjoyed it and I celebrated.
0: It. How long did the celebrations go on for? Yeah, uh,
2: for ages. If the if the wrong lads meet to this day, they can still go on.
0: The team celebrations carried on, as awfully goalkeeper Martin Furlong remembers.
1: It was fairly hectic. sir, everywhere you went, like you know, you go around to the different clubs. The clubs that had lads on the team like you were here. You were in Tullamore on the Monday night, you were in Forbann on the Tuesday night, you were in Welsh Island on the Wednesday night, you know, to, oh, for God's sake. You nearly died after, nearly died. But uh, it took a while. It was going on to Christmas, sir. It was going on to Christmas. But it was only really at Christmas then they started to sink in that you had actually won it, you know. When you started to sober up. And <laughs>
0: Another teammate, Jerry Carroll, remembers the celebration culture of the time.
4: So we were on Cloud Nine back then. It was like being in heaven. It was
0: just amazing. It was I don't think we came down off it for about six months. Some of us even longer.
4: <laughs> it was great. It was like everywhere you went it was it, it, you just felt like you were a hero. i will you there was a lot of Guinness strength too.
0: Many GA players until relatively recently were unprepared for the fame that accompanied all Ireland success. Life becomes more difficult, and when everyone wants to be your friend, you never have to put your hand in your pocket for a drink. And Seamus admits it took its toll.
2: I probably stood out at night drinking and celebrating and uh, when I should have been probably at home with my wife and kids and stuff like that, you know. Um, but uh, having said that, that was it and that was what I did and there's nothing I can do about it. And I, I just—I'm just glad that I—I I don't really. To, no, don't get me wrong. I do—I like a few pints. There's no one likes a few pints more than me. Uh, and a good few pints. I'm well able to drink them. But um, and I enjoy them. And as long as I am enjoying them and I can afford them, I'm going to have them. <clears throat> but um, it's not—it's not my priority. I can live without them. Um, you know, I have to do something. I have to do it, and that's it. There's no more about it.
0: Team manager Eugene McGee feels the pressure of being the scorer of that famous goal meant Seamus had extra attention on him.
7: Yeah, Seamus Derby became, you know, um, a prized commodity. Like he, he was, for a year or two, he was brought here, there and everywhere, you know, all over the country.
0: When the dust finally settled and players got back to normal, things took an unfortunate turn for Seamus in his business and personal life.
2: I opened a shop of my own, bought a premises in ignorant. Uh, myself and my wife and uh, had three young kids and worked hard and had a go, good go of it and we're going very well and then suddenly uh, things fell asunder, um, Eaton Derry got got wiped out really, there was a lot of employment, there was a uh, group textiles which had about 400 people, they closed up and all on good money, and Killan uh, Engineering had about 60 or 70. They were on good money, they had closed. Um, shoe Factory in Eden Derry had at that stage about 150, it said they, they went. So it all kind of fell asunder, and I was fairly heavily borrowed, and I folded. Uh, I went. So I had to go back on the road then as a rep, and um, I did that for six or seven years. Uh, and then I bought a pub in Borussia Cane in Tipperary which was a very big disaster a very serious mistake and I lost everything it was a lovely little pub and I came on the market and um, bought the place and I put my place in Eden Dairy which I'd paid for up as collateral uh, which would have been worth a lot of money and I had it paid for and I lost it and I lost Borussia Cane and I lost anything I had
0: whole life, It didn't just do the
2: the business.
0: In the end, Seamus admits he lost everything, his shop, his business, and his marriage.
2: So I wound up then that I had to go to England. It was an awful feeling. Um, I remember walking off the field in 1982 and uh, I don't know who the man was, put his arm around me, he said Seamus, you'll never see a poor day. And uh, here I am. Seven years later, heading for the boat with not with 50 quid in my pocket, I was going to get now some friend of mine, you know. So that's that's the way it goes.
0: The pub trade came to Seamus's rescue in England. You know, you take over our pub, and for it's a kind of a um,
2: what they call a holding company, yet fellas get pubs for nothing and just put in managers into them and you were supposed to clean it all up and get it up and running and make money for them and you know, I mean they near enough live rough really, you know. Old pubs that you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't put a dog line it sleeping them, but you have to you know you have to And it wasn't nice and I often I often lay down at bed and cried my eyes out, you know, thinking of where I was where I was ever coming from and you know, and then here you are with nothing and anyway I got through it. And um, got back in my feet, kind of, and fairly well, and came back here, and
0: here I am. Seamus would spend 12 years in London, the lonely streets of East Dulwich and Elephant and Castle, a poor substitute for the green fields of Road and Eden Derry. Oh.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's August 2015. I've been invited to a golfing outing. It's an opportunity for the 1982 team to get together, more than 30 years after that famous goal. The glory days of Offaly GA have faded. The big sports name from these parts now is the golfer Shane Lowry, whose uncle Sean played in 82.
2: So, honored honour to be getting a game here today. Though.
0: The golf is being played at Shane's home course of Esker Hills near Tullamore. A few
2: lads home from the States, Jerry, Carolyn and Martin. And they'll be going back in the next week or so, so it's a chance to meet up with them again before they go back.
0: So would you boys meet up often?
2: Well the lads are in the States, but the rest of us if the rest of us that's here would meet up a fair bit,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a certain number of lads that stayed very close, you know.
2: And
6: uh,
2: you know, they're all here I suppose today a lot of them. It's
6: good
0: days, grand today is gonna to be
2: grand. It looks just like Osley.
6: <laughs>
0: When I talk to the lads on the team, it's obvious the fondness they all have for Seamus. except
4: definitely Seamus go back so far, you know.
0: That's teammate Sean Larry.
4: He was always a brilliant corner forward, always a brilliant man to get a score. You could depend on him all the time. I mean, for Road and for Offaly, all his life, he was absolutely brilliant. You'd have, always have him on your team, you know, always.
6: He's, he was always a lad who was likely to do what he'd done, you know, but people have this perception of Seamus that he's, you know, this raving, if Seamus is at a party... Um, you want to hear Seamus? You hear everyone laughing with Seamus, but you, Seamus isn't. You know, he's not in your face, but he is. You know, he's, he's he's one of the best people to be with. He's a real honest guy. Loves fun. Loves uh, a few drinks. Um, loves meeting with the lads. You know, yeah, that's very in, in, important to him. That, that you know, he'd be always. Seamus would always be there. Um, Seamus biggest problem is he, he, he doesn't say no to many parties, you know. So if someone says Seamus, will you come here or will you uh, present medals or will you do this, you know, will, will be there, you know. He's just a good guy.
1: Yeah, he's 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 a fella you'd love to be in his company all day and all night, you know. Good man to tell tell yarns and sing a song and he has a he has a great personality. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's fun to be with. Now I tell you, you. you, you, you you wouldn't want to leave him, no. You wouldn't want to leave him. He's that sort of, a, that sort of a guy. And he, he tells it in the most simple way. Like, you know, he, he's a grand way, grand way of telling him. Like, I mean, I might go tell a story or something. Sure, I'd make a hams of it. Like, you know, it just rolls from your man. He should have been a Shanachie. That's what he should have been. Yeah, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. Yeah, he's brilliant.
0: For the 82 Kerry team, it took time for the wounds to heal, as the
3: bomber Liston explains. It was months He'd be out playing golf with Mick wire and he'd be over a putt, and next thing he'd stop. He'd say, "What? What were you doing with that ball that time? How did Liam O'Connor get the ball that led to the five-in-a-row, the 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 goal Seamus derby?" And I'd say, "Mick, get back and hit your putt." You know, but it was still bothering him. Three or four months later, it's just you get flashbacks, but you know, you just eventually get on with it. Maybe it is just as well that we didn't win it. You know, uh, it would have. Definitely a lot of us, I'd say, would be getting treatment for alcoholism and a lot of other things if, if we had won it. But look, I, I look back at that and see that awfully team and the fantastic players that they had. But look, fair play to them and um, we take our hat off to them. There's no no bad feeling whatsoever towards that, uh, losing that, that five in a row. Whether teammates or rivals, there's a lasting bond between
0: GAA players who've experienced the highs and lows of sport. It seems to last long after careers have ended. One such friendship is with Tommy Doyle,
5: who marked Seamus on that famous Sunday. Seamus and myself are great friends. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't get where all this caper is that we wouldn't be friends. I'd be as friendly with Seamus as I would with Richie or any of these lads. Seamus is a great character a great shame And we'd meet up quite a bit, unfortunately. We also meet at funerals and things like that. I think Seamus and a gang of the lads were down to my nephew's Funeral there about two years ago. He dropped dead, got arrested and playing a match behind at home. He's only twenty-eight and he had a brain hemorrhage and he died. But they were the first lads down. Every you know, all those lads were down. They were painting on his skull the day we were laying him to rest up. So, and yeah, they were in his house and everything, but good guys, good guys.
0: These days, while the gold holds a special place in Seamus' heart, he feels it's not the most important thing in his life.
2: Well, the most important thing to everybody is your health. Your family, very important. You know, I've had health problems in the last couple of months. All right, I had bad times before, but this could be the starting of the worst of them. Do you know what I mean? It could be the starting of the end. You know, it's that's kind of a bit negative. I'm not I'm not as bad as that, nor really. that. But uh, I don't I don't normally think like that. But um, it does when, when, when a doctor sits one side of the desk and you're the other, and he tells you straight out that you have it. And, you know, we can deal with it this way, that way, that way. Or, you know, it's, a, it's, it's one word that it just frightens us. I had a prostate cancer, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and I had the operation done six weeks ago. And uh, it's, it's going good. It's slow, but it's good. It's going the mm-hmm. right way
1: you regret scoring that goal?
0: Absolutely not,
2: no. Would you?
1: No, I do not know.
0: We'll try to kick another goal, will we? We'll
2: try one more, son. I try one. I can't kick it if have shoes on me that would fall off me anyway, so but they're no excuse. You do miss it, you know, you do lose it. They were great days, we had great times and very lucky to be around.
1: That was the other foot
2: <laughs> And I still missed it. It was a great day for football. Offlay 115, Kerry 17 points. But you know, When they come to look back on this game, above all, they look at the goal that made champions.